Hi, I'm Hannah Bailey. And I'm Tefer Ajemian. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Welcome <laughs> to this week's episode. Um, this is a, an exciting episode because it is our first episode recorded in the sound booth, which so many of you donated uh, money to make happen. It's finally finished. Mm-hmm. Four months. Well, it's not actually. Yeah. It's it's finally <laughs> three quarters of the way finished, but it's finished <laughs> enough that we have been recording in it. Mm-hmm. The, the um, uh, uh, network has been recording in it this week mm-hmm. and it's sounding pretty good. Um, it also insulates baby screams pretty well, we discovered. Great. Uh, so that's pretty good. We're like three quarters of the way finished, so it has half a roof and no floor and no door <laughs> right now. So things might sound a little more echoey than they usually mm-hmm. do this week, but um, they're also much better insulated from outside sounds. Yeah. You'll win some, you'll lose some. Soon it will be finished, we are told. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you so much to everybody who donated. It's really exciting. I'll post a picture. I'm going to snap a picture of Hannah yeah. in the sand booth, and then I'm going to post that on our social media <laughs> so you can all see what it looks like in here because it's very exciting. Yeah, I took that picture. You look so cute. <laughs> Hannah said it feels like a little clubhouse. It feels like a fun little, like, I don't know about you, but we had, like, family friends who had this weird, like, half attic room in their uh-huh. house that we would, like, hang out in. And it feels like being eight again and hanging out That's in there. Nice. I, in fact, <laughs> had an attic in the eaves Ooh. of my house until I was nine. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's like a little, like, cozy. It's an eight by eight by eight cube. Mm-hmm. is what the sound booth is for our listeners who can't see it it's very sleek mm-hmm. and black and we're gonna post a photo and yeah. it just feels kind of cozy and intimate and uh very sleek mm-hmm. yeah. i also enjoy that tom installed all the acoustic panels at um like uh, a 45 degree angle to yeah. the walls because it, it's it's fun it looks and, nice and i assume the only reason is because it looks fun it is actually more acoustically efficient Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, because it's something about the widest point of it being at a at good like place. voice height. Okay, something. that yeah. makes sense. It looks very fun, but it and also I looks very it. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the sound booth. So thank yeah. you to uh, all of you. There are so many mm-hmm. of you who donated to yes. our campaign, and we're we're so thankful. It's really nice. It's really changing the feel it changes the sound obviously for the better Mm -hmm. uh and it's just really really great to have here it's also already um starting to be a source of income for the network to have this very professional space for people to rent Mm -hmm. um and that's great so if you were involved in that thank you so much we really appreciate it yeah so much all right so this week we are talking about the uglies trilogy by scott westerfield um westerfield westerfeld oh i should have checked that westerfeld Westerfeld. by scott westerfeld um and so this is a YA dystopia trilogy that was published like i'm gonna ballpark 10 years ago uh 2005 okay so like close to 15 years ago uh so i read these in high school did you read these in high school um, I read them late. Okay. I, I, I saw them in uh, the library a ton. Okay. But I actually think I didn't get to reading them until I was an adult. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so these are a series of books about a girl named Tally. And so Tally lives in a world that is... It's at least like 300 years in the future from now, but we don't get like a super clear um, a timeline, but it's it's far in the future. And so basically what has happened is our current society has collapsed um, and this new society has has grown up and it's kind of this series of isolated city city state sort of situations. Um, where the the defining feature is that when you turn 16, you get an operation that makes you pretty. And so so it's explained early in the book as kind of the point of it was kind of to make everyone equal and to kind of remove the barriers that we have in our current society around like prejudices, around looks and stuff. Um, and then you, we can give away the, can we give away the, the lesions? Well, I mean, you've just said lesion. <laughs> so I, think I don't so. know what that means. But yeah, yeah I mean, that I feel like it's in, important. Perhaps so. a little later in the plot, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Well, it's the fine. first one, but the. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. anyways, so then we discover later in the first one, and it becomes very important in the second couple of books, that when you get this operation, you also get brain damage, like intentional brain damage, to basically make you, like, docile and shallow and just like not yeah i think docile is the good word so in yeah in addition to removing the physical aspects that that lead to discrimination like skin yeah. color everyone has the same skin color nobody's fat everybody's the same height mm-hmm. um they also change your brain to make you less likely to discriminate or argue or yeah yeah like that yeah, and they it seems to also kind of, like, just make you have fewer strong feelings in general. Like, it kind of changes your loyalties a little bit. Um, yeah, and so this, the trilogy follows Tally as she, she, she wants to become pretty, and then she kind of learns about the world outside of her city, and then she becomes pretty, and then she eventually gets recruited to the kind of, like, police slash military of the city uh, in the last book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, uh, the Uglies trilogy is special because it's really an exploration of the dystopia itself. I think yes. in a in perhaps a broader way um, mm-hmm. than a lot, which we're going to dig into a lot today because yeah. the dystopia is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really find interesting about the Uglies trilogy mm-hmm. is that it's a very early dystopia as YA. Uh, dystopias go in that it was published three years before hunger games okay yeah um so it's pre-hunger games it's pre the crazy crazy takeoff of ya Mm -hmm. dystopia trilogies i think it's among the first truly dystopian ya series yeah yeah unless you like go all the way back to like lois lowry Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's true. It's also interesting because at least compared to like Hunger Games, it is a very like true dystopia in mm-hmm. that almost everybody within the world thinks it's a utopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not so much the case with Hunger Games. Right. It's like quite... people in the capital think it's a utopia. Yeah. But um but not not everybody else whereas pretty universally people think they're living in a utopia in this world yeah i think yeah i think we're gonna spend a lot of time kind of talking about that and how it's a a much more morally ambiguous dystopia than a lot of the dystopias um i think it's really a shame that this series hasn't gotten 
as much attention as some yeah. of the other ones. Where, on the one hand, I'm very pleased that Suzanne Collins, a woman, got a great deal mm-hmm. of attention yes. for Hunger Games. Yes. Um, and was not, you know, overshadowed somehow by Scott mm-hmm. Westerfeld. Um, I do feel that Scott Westerfeld's world deserves a lot of attention. It's, yeah. it's a very well-written, well-thought-out dystopia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like like all YA books, there are also elements of romance, there are elements of friendship, mm-hmm. uh, there are elements of family or the lack thereof. Yeah. Um, but let's talk for a minute about Tally, our, yeah, our protagonist. Our, our heroine. Who we meet or... a few days before her 16th birthday, yes. a few days before she's going to turn pretty. Um she mm-hmm. is the last one of her friend group to turn 16. Yes. She is alone and bored and lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is planning on just, you know, turning pretty and... and uh, Then everything will be better. Going with society. Yeah. She's yeah. not She's not a rabble rouser. She's not no. somebody who... Um, like, she talks about how the other uglies... Uglies are what they call pre-16-year-olds. Yes. There are litlies who are little kids, mm-hmm. and it's pretty acknowledged that little kids are naturally pretty and don't need to be messed with at all. Yeah. And then there are uglies after you hit puberty, which is mm-hmm. something I resonate with deeply from my experience <laughs> of puberty. Yeah. Um, and then you turn pretty, and then mm-hmm. there's middle pretties, late pretties, crumblies, I think. Yeah. I um, think crumblies and late pretties are the same okay. thing. I think crumblies yeah. is just, like, slang for late pretties. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, But then Tally meets Shay, Mm -hmm. who kind of changes her world. Yes. And sparks this whole revolution event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so Tally has always been like a a low-key rule breaker. Like her and her friend, who is now a pretty, will sneak across to New Pretty Town and like spy on them. Um, where, but Shay is a little, is Shay is next level. Yeah. Um, and so Shay introduces Tally to kind of the world outside of the city. Um, and then reveals that she has some friends who have run away mm-hmm. and that she wants to run away. Mm-hmm. And will Tally come with her? Mm-hmm. And Tally thinks Shay is completely insane. Yeah. She's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. how, how could you want to run away right when you're gonna like being pretty is the thing that why Mm -hmm. I think one of the things about Tally that I like the most Mm -hmm. in this series is that Tally it feels like Tally never truly commits to a side Tally Tally is constantly bouncing back and forth Mm -hmm. and saying I see good in this I see good in this I see bad in this I see bad in this Mm -hmm. I I understand that not giving people brain lesions is a noble cause. I also see that you've started clear-cutting the forests, and I really don't like where that heads. Yeah. Um, and and I love that at the very end of the series, the mm-hmm. position she holds is still a neutral position. Yes. She's not a true new Smokey. She's not mm-hmm. really embracing this new world. She's also not embracing the old world. She's become sort of a... Yeah. Saying, like, if your new society is doing this, I'm going to always push back. I'm going to always provide resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very, it's, I mean, she kind of exemplifies the the fact that it is a morally ambiguous world. Absolutely. um, In that she doesn't know how to feel about it. Mm -hmm. And she, and I think you you see that Mm -hmm. in what you're saying. She's kind of, she keeps going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Now, we do see some of that now that I'm thinking about Hunger Games, because I'm comparing to Hunger Games, because I think that's the... It's the natural comparison. Um, it's the natural comparison. It's the other really big, good mm-hmm. YA dystopia that people know. Yeah. Uh, because Katniss also 
provide some of that ambiguity once mm. you really have the the full District 13 revolution. Yes. Um, yeah. But with Katniss, it's less. Katniss is really looking out for herself, you know? Yeah. And for her family. Um, which um, I guess Tally is too. You yeah, can say that Tally is too. That's true. Yeah. Although I think one of the differences is Katniss never thinks that what the Capitol is doing is good. Yeah. She more questions the the methods of of her side mm-hmm. um which is slightly different than what's yeah. going on with tally although i guess what she i get i guess you could kind of say that that's what's happening with tally as well is that she well that she she supports the the project of the cities but questions their methods well she and she benefits directly from the cities that's the big that's, difference between yes. katniss and tally is that tally benefits directly from what the cities are doing you know mm-hmm. when you're when you're a pretty like nobody has to work to get food you mm-hmm. know it's it's very much a communal society where the cities are self um sustaining mm-hmm. and you do your part as a member of society you know when yes. you're an adult you have a job but like in your youth you have just several years of of government funded partying yeah, like yeah, it's kind of wild. You know, you have everything mm-hmm. you could possibly need comes out of a hole in the wall in your dorm. Like, mm-hmm. and and one of the things I really appreciate about Tally is we see her as she kind of pushes through level after level. She realizes how permissive the city is. Yes. Really, how how you know she did all these mm-hmm. tricks they call them when she was an mm-hmm. ugly and it's because it's not because the city didn't know it's because they didn't care it's yeah they go yeah you can hoverboard out to the ruins that's yeah. fine <laughs> you can sneak into new pretty town that's fine mm-hmm. like there there aren't really any consequences it's kind of you're not gonna hurt anybody yeah we're not that worried mm-hmm. um whereas with katniss she's very clearly like the slave of an oppressive yes uh, yeah it's oligarchy. different <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that 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 ambiguity is really interesting. People who benefit from society still pushing back against the norms of society mm-hmm. is a really different concept. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I've never, I don't think I've ever read a book that's that's got a got such a well formed dystopia and such an interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we we were going to wait and talk about the dystopia in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do we want to talk about friendships and relationships? Sure, well, I know you... can talk about Shay. Yeah, I know you have a lot a lot to say about Shay. Well, um, I mean, Shay's, Shay's really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I... One of, just this is a headcanon we were discussing briefly is that, like, Shay is gay, Shay is in love with Tally, or at least by Shay is in love with Tally. Shay does not know she's in love with Tally. Right. Um, <laughs> I'd argue or that she might know. She she may or may not yeah. know. Yeah. Um. I don't think she has to know for it to make sense, but she might know. But I. So anyways, I like reading it that way. Um. Partially because if you if you don't read it that way, it's just a very classic like two girls are fighting over boys sort of scenario, which is like boring, and I don't like it. Um. Because there's there's a lot of like jealousy that Shay has around Tally and mm-hmm. her various love interests. Um, and so I think it's really interesting and plausible to read it as Shay wants Tally for herself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can absolutely make an argument, a strong argument for that reading. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and their, their friendship is really interesting because it's very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also tumultuous largely because they're both being given brain damage at various points and being manipulated uh, by very powerful forces so it's i do like that like 
I like how their friendship, like, they keep coming back to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, yeah, it's an interesting, like, model of kind of, like, reconciliation and sticking by each other in a yeah. friendship, even though they they both hurt each other in various ways. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that kind of kept striking me on this read-through, so I've read this series maybe three times now. Okay. And one thing that really kept striking me this time around is that um, Tally's the pro- protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really the one who does most of the stuff. Like, throughout yeah. most of the series, Tally is kind of following in Shay's footsteps. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, um, less so in the middle book, but very much in the first and last yeah. book. And in the middle book, Tally's kind of following in Zane's footsteps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just a really interesting uh, choice as an as a writer to mm-hmm. to follow not the person who's trailblazing, but the person who's kind of in second place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and who's kind of trying to like figure out. Um, oh, and I think that comes back to Tally being not as sure of herself, yeah. or not as sure of her convictions as um, maybe thinking about things in a little bit more of a complex way mm-hmm. than say Shay does. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly in the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, Tally's allegiance is very clearly with the city. Yes. Tally's allegiance uh, is with the operation. She wants to become pretty. She wants to convince Shay mm-hmm. to also to become, become pretty. pretty. And that, but I mean, what it comes down to finally is that Tally is blackmailed into going after Shay. Yes. Although, um, yes. And, but then Tally's allegiance does change. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. As she comes to, to care about people. Yes. Um, who are in the uh, the smoke, which is mm-hmm. the um, the v- 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 village of it's revolutionaries a, yeah, who choose to live outside of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, how how that kind of shifts. But yeah. yeah, it's true. She starts out being very on the side of the city. Um, although that is an interesting thing to think about with Tally is how she is really strongly. I think the whole book very much motivated by relationships. Mm-hmm. Because one of the main reasons that she... I mean, she's always wanted to become pretty. You get that idea. But I think one of the strongest things that makes her want to become pretty is her best friend became pretty a couple months before her. And you get the idea that once he became pretty, he kind of started ignoring her. Mm -hmm. Um, And she really... She wants to become pretty so that her and Paris are going to be best friends again. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's really motivated by that. Yeah. Now, tell me what you think about this, mm-hmm. because I get the feeling that she is less motivated by Shay after the first book. I think at first she's trying really hard to convince Shay to be pretty with her, yeah. but then she's kind of like, you know what? No, I'm going to have Paris. I'm going to have my friends in New Pretty Town. If Shay wants to go off and have her other friends, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. Tally seems to me much less connected to Shay than Shay is to Tally. I, I think that that is very accurate. Um, yeah, I think after the, after, after she gets to the new smoke, I think Shay becomes, yeah, I think that she is more important to Shay than Shay is to her. Right. Uh, I I think that that's true. I think, I think she's not, I think Shay is not unimportant to her, but, um, but there are always other people who are more important to her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed, I kind of read their friendship, like, Tally needs Tally always needs somebody. Yeah. So when Paris is gone, Tally has Shay. Yeah. But then when she gets to the new smoke, she has David and she likes David more than she likes Shay. Um and then when she becomes a pretty, she kind of gloms on to Zane. Which is really interesting because that that mm-hmm. makes it really clear that Tally prefers to follow boys. 
yes, Tally that's very true. to glom onto boys and follow boys. She does. She will fall back on Shay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. All of her significant yeah. friendships um, or just relationships in general other than Shay are, are boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's a, yeah. I don't really know what to make of that because it just kind of... No. But, you know, honestly, like it does really feed that reading of Tally is kind of a clueless straight girl and Shay <laughs> is very into Tally and there's yeah. just this kind of fundamental misunderstanding between them where Shay mm-hmm. needs to accept that Tally's never going to need her as yes. much as Shay does. And Tally needs to maybe be nicer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. still I still definitely read Shay more as not knowing that she is in love with Tally, mm-hmm. just because it mm-hmm. feels very much like the feelings that I had towards female friends when I was a teenager and had no idea I was gay. Right. Um, uh, now, here's a question. Yeah. Does the op- operation get rid of gayness? Oh, that's very interesting. I mean... See, gayness only exists as subtext in this world. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Because the operation gets rid of anything that's historically been divisive. Yeah. It, it, it unifies, uh, re- it regulates skin color, it regulates mm-hmm. height, it regulates body type. Um, and, and yeah, it's kind it of a communist people- sort of society, so wealth isn't... People seem to really be paired into, it really seems to be a, like, mom and dad and they have one kid. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not supposed to replace yourselves. Like, p- population is not supposed to grow. It's supposed to be very controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there is any space for, for queerness in yeah. this society. I'm going to say that there's probably not a lot of space yeah. for queerness in this society. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Well, there's not a lot of space for individuality once people become pretty. Right. So I I think I think the operation gets rid of queerness and transness and whatever else. Yeah, which is a shame because with those yeah. kinds of uh, operation skills, you could really say that they could just you could just transition at sixteen. You know, yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, they yeah. could totally do that. Yeah. They could do that so yeah. easily. Yeah, um, uh, they replaced all of Tally's bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's crazy. By the third book, Tally is a robot. Tally's no yeah. longer a person. Tally's like, Tally, essentially a cyborg. Yeah, Tally um, does not have have human body. No. Yeah. Tally does not have human body. Um, <laughs> her muscles have been replaced. Her bones have been replaced. I think her blood has been replaced. Like potentially, or at least yeah. augmented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and she like her her digestive system is very different because she needs yeah. to eat a lot less. Yeah. And and it's like much more efficient. Yeah. She needs to sleep less. She has, like, internal software. It's wild. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you could really say, like, Tally is a cyborg. Yeah. Um, by the Oh, absolutely. Book. Um, so I really want the uglies to be made into... I really want the uglies to be made into, like, a movie or a miniseries. Just because the, the tech in this world mm-hmm. is so, like, rich and well thought out and interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about that. <laughs> One of the reasons I love to read sci-fi is I really enjoy the like tech that's described and uh-huh. stuff it's just like fun uh-huh. um and this this book has really fun tech yeah it really is a sci-fi dystopia it's isn't a very it? sci-fi yeah. dystopia because yeah. it's a very high technology dystopia yeah 
Yeah, I find it. I, I really enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I kept reading it and thinking just the optics of this series are incredible. Mm-hmm. And it, it the thing is, it could be made into such a good series or it could be made into such a bad series. Yes. And I would be really sad if it was done badly. I, I would be also, yeah. Yeah. Um, if, like, the people who did the most recent Star Wars did it, mm. I think they would do it well. Okay. But if the people who did like Divergent, if any of them still have jobs. <laughs> yeah, those were bad movies. Oh, yeah. Um, let's talk yeah. about the guys, though. Yes. Okay. Let's. So so Tally first. Uh, I mean, obviously, her very first interest is in Paris. Mm-hmm. And she sort of is Although- operating under this assumption that she and Paris are going to get together. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, she says, like, new pretties don't really have boyfriends and girlfriends, mm. but they kind of do. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's, yeah. that's fair. Like, yeah. it sounds like a pretty casual hookup culture. Honestly, mm-hmm. new pretty town just sounds like an undergrad dorm. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> with more But with stuff no homework. And less rules. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get, got more of the impression from Tally in Paris that, like, even if she did eventually picture them together, it was just because he was her best friend. Right. Like, I didn't get a lot of, like, romantic feelings between okay. them. Oh, I got a pretty strong crush feeling from, like, when she from first Tally? sneaks into New Pretty Town to see him. Oh, yeah, that's maybe fair. Yeah. 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 Because um, she says, like, Paris had girlfriends, but she kind of always assumed that, like, eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, maybe I see that. Um, but that's kind of... Paris is always kind of a uh, footnote. Yeah. He is... He, he doesn't get a lot of airtime no. on his own. No. So um, then we have David. We have David, yes. Uh, David is an ugly um <laughs> he was born outside of the city his yes. parents are pretties who defected mm-hmm. uh, pretty they were doctors. doctors yeah so they once they realized that the that the lesions were happening they yeah they pieced, pieced out yeah uh so he lives in the wilderness mm-hmm. the first time tally meets him she just can't believe how ugly he is because he's mm-hmm. so ugly yeah um so ugly which like ugly it's it's fun because ugly in this book just means like not surgically enhanced yeah <laughs> and pretty means surgically enhanced mm-hmm. um to have things that are biological cues yeah to make you they like sound people. basically like barbie people mm, yeah I think they say that Rudolph Valentino was a natural pretty. And when I look at Rudolph mm-hmm. Valentino, I'm just kind of like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, they always talk about like the huge eyes and stuff. Yeah. So I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like to give you like childlike elements. So like yes. large eyes and soft skin and, mm-hmm. you know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it's kind of fun because it's sort of like, yeah, new pretties have this party town because new pretties just want to fuck constantly. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, that is the everybody's subtext. pretty. Like, that is the subtext. <laughs> very little sex in a book. I mean, no sex in a book yeah. that is pretty much about how people just want to bang each other constantly. Yeah. Well, they have these whole like pleasure gardens, which yeah. I understand yeah. to basically just be like people are fucking in the bushes. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> it's pretty strongly indicated that Tally and Zane fuck a lot. Yeah, you just never see. It. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Yeah, yeah. you uh, you get the idea that that's part of what's making them bubbly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Good no, point. I think they're definitely getting bubbly. Do you think? By, uh, by do you fucking. think when you have a brain lesion, your orgasms are not as good? I don't know. I mean, yeah. the. But I think part of the operation is it just like it makes you like happier and like right. So maybe maybe you have better orgasms as a pretty. 
But then would they make you bubbly? Mm, I don't know. I Questions I for mean, Scott Westerfeld when I we get him on the show. I think it's not... I think it's the adrenaline of hooking up with somebody that makes you bubbly, not the like hormones that are released by the sex right. itself. Okay, okay. So, so maybe probably, they just are having really kinky sex. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, maybe that's yeah. that's what spanking for a clearer mind. <laughs> um. All right. Well. So anyway, obviously, <laughs> then there's Tally and Zane who are a couple. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, what I really appreciate in this book is that Tally mm-hmm. has a first love, David, and yes. and she is really in love with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she falls out of love with him. Yep. They they have a falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, they separate for a while, and when they reconnect, the feeling just isn't is, there. Is not there anymore, anymore. And she's yeah. fallen in love with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just very matter of fact. That's yep. just very matter of factly laid out there. This is something normal that happens, mm-hmm. which is so true when you are sixteen. Oh yeah. Like. You can be very, I, I mean, I don't want to discount the love that teenagers feel because you can be very, very earnestly and mm-hmm. deeply connected to another person at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, if you are Often separated for a last, while, yeah. it moves on. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's the same for adults, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Human sexuality is not patient. No. <laughs> This is, this is my perspective. I'm sure somebody now which, is going to be which, like... Which, thank goodness, honestly. Right. I'm sure somebody now is going to be like, well, I was in a long-distance relationship for like 10 years, and now we're happily married. And I will be like, that is great. I still but, think you are the exception. But you're still having contact yeah. in that case, yeah. too. Yeah, it's not um, that often that, that a, you have no contact for like a year or more and then come together and... yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe often. maybe like 300 years ago. But anyways. Even still. Oh, man. There's this terrible television show on Netflix. It yes. is so bad. It is so bad. <laughs> Shout out to Johan Denora, who is, I think, no longer a member of the network, but a friend of the network who put mm-hmm. me onto this TV show. And okay. it's very bad. It is an Tell Australian me. reality TV show. It is called Back with the X. Oh, God. There's one season Sounds of terrible it on Netflix. Already. It's very bad. Okay. Um, it is a primer in abusive men also. There Ooh. are two different kinds. But it follows three couples who, like, give a shot at getting back together to more or less, mm-hmm. you know, extremes. Like, thankfully, everybody always gets to set their own boundaries. That's and, good. like, <laughs> it's not Important. too uncomfortable. Um, but there's one couple who have not seen each other in 28 years. Wild. Uh, and they reconnect and it seems very lovely during the mm-hmm. course of the series and uh, he proposes at the end of the series mm-hmm. spoiler alert and um, on the internet you discover that they have since broken up <laughs> and it's just like right it's just like you spent 28 years changing like, yeah and you probably broke up for a reason in the first place <laughs> yeah well they had broken up because she was in the states and he was in Australia okay, which I okay. think is also the reason they broke up a second time just just because mm. at this point you've spent They're 30 still... years living in a different country, you're not going to just pick up and leave, right? Yeah. Anyway, um. this has been a cynical view on love and relationships with Tepper. <laughs> it is usually the only view I offer, despite being very happily partnered. <laughs> um. But anyway, Zane. Zane. So uh, then there's Zane. Mm-hmm. So Zane, Tally and Zane fall in love in the second book, and... Uh, despite being separated in the third book, she, she continues to be very in love with him um, in, a, in a fraught sort of way because yeah. she has brain damage. Yeah. But still, her feelings are very there. And one of the things that I really like about how that relationship is characterized is that um, 
very explicitly, like, Tali says this multiple times, that, like, a large part of the reason that she's in love with Zane is that they, like, helped each other grow, essentially. And I think that's... I really like that that's, like, how that, like, what's portrayed as being, like, a real solid relationship, that's what it's founded on. I really think that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, just when we're talking about Tally and Zane and making Mm -hmm. each other better, I feel like there's this this big glaring part of this book Mm -hmm. that is so difficult, Mm -hmm. which is the element to which self-harm plays a part in bettering yourself in this book. Yes, yes, this makes me deeply uncomfortable. So Um, let's, let's chat. And I think that, um, I think that at some point in the third book, actually, somebody is like, you don't even see like how, how basically how fucked up it has to be that you have to cut yourself to get out of this fog. Like, do you, mm-hmm. do you get how messed up that is? Yeah. Um, and, and I think the fact that you do have to like starve yourself or injure yourself to get out of that brain space mm-hmm. is you know a sign that not all is well right yeah yeah it's basically so they basically discover that essentially putting your body under duress makes you makes you what they say bubbly so it kind of helps you think the the brain lesions so yeah so zane and tally do it by basically starving themselves and drinking a ton of coffee yeah and also like doing death defying things yeah um, and then Shay starts doing it by cutting, by self-harming, by cutting yeah. herself. Cutting and, and burning. And Yeah. Um, as somebody with a history of a pretty severe eating disorder, mm-hmm. oh, man, that, mm, we're going to have to put a big content warning on this one, yes. actually, I think, yeah. when we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, uh, it resonated with me, and I hate how much it resonated with okay. me. Like... There was something about that, like, starving yourself until it feels right kind of thing mm. that was, to be honest, quite triggering for me. Yeah. But also, I mean, thankfully, I'm in a, I'm in a place now where I can kind of negotiate with yeah. that and work through it. Yeah. But um, because it really resonated in a lot of ways, but mm. I don't like that. No. But then we have to talk about kind of like, like, do YA authors have higher ethical standards? Yeah. You know, do YA authors have to not write about things that can be triggering? I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's, um, that's interesting and spooky. And that's, cause, like, I did also, I did also self-harm as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And for both of those, it was just like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. And then I yeah. was immediately like, I don't know if I want teenagers, like, yeah. You know? Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking about that while reading it as well, because it's like, it's definitely, like, at the end of the book, it comes down pretty, like, unambiguously on, like, this is not a good thing that they were doing. Mm-hmm. But as it's narrated, it is, mm. like, a fine and okay thing that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's very tricky. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, I wonder if the book, like, feels like it gets away with it because they're not self-harming or starving themselves for the reasons or at least not not really for the reasons that, like, mm-hmm. mostly that people do now. Mm-hmm. Well, and Tally um, even, even, like, kind of negotiates with that. She's like, oh, do I have the starving people disease yes. that they used to have that the operation fixed? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, Tally and Zane are really horrified that Shay is cutting herself also. Yes, that's um, true. That's Although really seen as extreme. Then later, Tally starts to do it. Well, yeah. But, Yes. <laughs> But I mean, what do you think? Like, do you, because this is a question, I think we've Mm -hmm. visited it before, and I just don't 
feel like I have an answer. Do you think there's an ethical code for YA authors? Do you think they should not be writing things that can be this triggering? Or like, I guess, like, do we have a different ethical standard for people writing for for youth? Yeah, I... I don't know if I think that they need to not write things that are triggering. I mean, I think that we should maybe have better, like, warnings around that sort of thing. But I do think that they need to not write things that are bad examples. Right. Uh, Like, I I think that you and Candace touched on this a little bit in the episode that you did about Twilight. Like, for example, like, Twilight depicts an abusive relationship as good. Right. Um... And so I think that YA authors have have a um, responsibility to not do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so like I think that YA authors, for example, like have a responsibility to not like write self harm as a positive thing, right? Um, and I think the question is, does this book do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, at least that's yeah. But I feel like if you read just the first one, it does. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing that like kind of, Mm -hmm. it sits uncomfortably with me because as a writer and a storyteller, Mm -hmm. I see it as an extremely effective storyline. Yes. I see it as an extremely effective way to establish that, like, it's not okay. You well, know, it establishes exactly okay. how fucked up this world is. Precisely. Precisely. Um, um, but yeah. But, like... I mean, like, Tally starves herself into curing her brain. Yes. You know? And isn't, isn't Zane having starved himself even, like... Isn't why he didn't get, like, as brain damaged as he could have gotten attributed to because he was starving yes. himself? Yeah. So that's also... Yeah. Yeah. Yipes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would feel much better about it, I think, if it was like eating lots of food. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Um, which makes more sense because starving yourself actually makes you woozy. Like, it's true. You know, it just, it feels, especially the starving, it feels irresponsible to me. I think I'm landing yeah. on that side. Because it doesn't that feels make you sharper. No. No. It can maybe make being it, it can, hungry so, makes you sharper, but not. I will say, like, like fasting documentedly, fasting okay. can give you a high. Yeah. Fasting can can make you hallucinate. It can put you okay. into a like higher sense of sort of, mm. um, yeah, hallucinatory awareness okay. in a way that you can kind of break through walls. Like, like when yeah. you look at um, religions that traditionally have fasting, fasting, especially with like 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 uh, hermits or whatever, fasting mm-hmm. and having visions and whatever. Mm-hmm. It does affect the brain, clearly. Mm-hmm. Fasting affects the brain. And I, I kind of get where yeah. he's going with that. I just... Oh, it just it just yeah. makes me nervous. It makes it's, me nervous. Yeah, it makes me nervous too. Because like the whole thing in pretties is that pretties are very easily swayed by trends. And mm. the thing is teenagers are also very easily swayed yeah. by trends. And, you know, I can see a group of teenagers I can see myself as a teenager being like I'm gonna be like that I'm gonna be like Zane mm-hmm. and Tally and I'm gonna you know starve myself and put my life at risk and then I'm gonna be smarter than everybody else right mm-hmm. like yep. it just it, yeah it's it doesn't scary. feel great no so that's that's the one thing that like doesn't feel great yeah yeah 
Yeah. So should we move on to talking about the dystopia yeah. as a whole? Because we're really interested yeah. in that. I think this is going to be a long episode, but yeah. it's three long books. So uh, yeah, forgive us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So let's dig into this dystopia yes. because so in the way that I have feelings about, you know, some of the methods of breaking through the brain fog, mm-hmm. I have very morally ambiguous feelings around this dystopia. Yeah. I find myself being in support of it more often than not I think yeah interesting um so the principle behind this dystopia the way it's worked Mm -hmm. is that the rusties who are us (laughs) the people Mm -hmm. of the industrial age ruined the planet yeah um and then there was some uh, eco-terrorism. Someone released a, a mm-hmm. bacteria that eats gasoline and, and mm-hmm. makes it burn. And that caused just mass um, destruction, as mm-hmm. you can imagine, because everything is powered by gasoline. Yeah. Um, everything burned. Tons of people died. Society yeah. crumbled. Uh, and they rebuilt a new society, which is very much... Um, environmentally conscious it's mm-hmm. about protecting the environment from humans is really how i see yes it. That yeah that's a society very much that is about containing a population humanity. yeah that has done damage to the earth and mm-hmm. i want to draw this comparison to the white tiger orchids that appear mm-hmm. in the first book yes so there are these white tiger orchids which are uh were presumably Mm -hmm. are currently one of the most valuable rarest orchids in the world Mm -hmm. because we love genetic engineering somebody genetically modified it to To be more hardy exactly and to be able to grow everywhere and then it got out of control as invasive species do and Mm -hmm. um the problem with this orchid Mm -hmm. was that everywhere it grows it sucks everything out of the soil and then dies and creates a desert yeah basically just destroyed whole swaths of ecosystem and so there's Uh, no way to really eliminate it but they use fire to burn it down and to To try and keep it from spreading yeah to keep the population under control Mm -hmm. um i think i think it's kind of a shame that that didn't get drawn a little bit further into some of the other books Mm -hmm. but certainly in uglies in the first book i find that's a very clear metaphor for humanity yes absolutely you have this species that Mm -hmm. is okay in contained populations is special Mm -hmm. um is unique but they found a way to grow too fast and too far mm-hmm. and they destroy everything in their path yeah you can't eliminate them what do you do you contain them very yeah. carefully yeah very much <laughs> the environmentalist in me mm-hmm. wants to instate this approach immediately yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the country girl in me hates it and, yeah. and wants to go live in the woods mm-hmm. but the environmentalist in me is like absolutely let's make small self-sufficient cities let's put all the people in them and let's <laughs> let the earth recover yes yeah that's basically the idea behind the book yeah um yeah yeah it's very interesting although a sort of counterpoint to that i i think one of the things that i find really interesting is there's a current of um, like being exposed to nature once she gets exposed to nature, really doing something to tally. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is like a, a small undercurrent of comment on like it is not good or natural to totally deprive people of nature. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um But we that is this is already something we do with animals, right? True. We take 
endangered populations Mm -hmm. and we breed them in captive Mm -hmm. in order to protect their populations that's kind of the opposite because they're endangered Mm -hmm. um we also take invasive species and kill a lot of them and then try to control the rest of them i mean we're currently doing that with the emerald ash borer in north america we're trying to keep it from from moving further inland Mm -hmm. and i think it's very clear and very true that living in captivity is not good for species Mm -hmm. but i think the question that's really put forward in this society is who do we want to prioritize protecting yeah and this society has decided to prioritize protecting the earth Mm -hmm. um yeah they know it's not good for people Mm -hmm. you know they know it's not people living their best lives they're doing their best to make them happy Mm-hmm. they're kind of living in zoos right and they're saying yeah. okay if we give yeah. them these lesions they'll be content with staying here and mm-hmm. they really need to be content with staying here yes because the planet has not recovered yet mm-hmm. um yeah and that's yeah, very interesting yeah it's an interesting question it's a very yeah yeah it's it's so morally ambiguous yeah now i am not um, a vegetarian or a vegan and i'm mm-hmm. not i don't particularly back these beliefs up with anything <laughs> But I do really, like, I think for me personally, I, I do kind of value the planet over the people. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm very slightly in favor of yes. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, like, like, uh, it's complicated. Ethics yeah. are a complicated thing. The mind control fucks me up. The mind yeah. control I have... Well, and the uh, special circumstances. Yeah. Special circumstances are a problem because special mm-hmm. circumstances are a small collection of people who know the truth and control mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, and like, as in any circumstance, when there's a small collection of people mm-hmm. in charge of a large collection of people, there's Corruption. always problems. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely a problem. The other, so the other thing that I'm interested in, this mostly comes up in the first book and then less important later on, is, um, is the whole idea of the pretty operation. It's supposed to, you know, like create equality and stuff, but it also, like, it's very clear in the first book that it creates a huge amount of, like, self hatred in the pre operation teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really interesting. Yeah. And, and I don't like it. So I kind of actually see two aspects of that okay i i see in some teenagers a lot of the self-hatred yeah and one thing tally says kind of like shay really feels like it is designed to make you feel bad about yourself yes tally i think is kind of like i don't really care what i look like because i know that in a few years i'm going to be pretty and it doesn't matter right now mm. and like in a sense it almost feels like giving them the freedom to be kids interesting that's an interesting take. Um, because, you know, like, you yeah. hear about kids starting to diet independently at three, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's true. So it does it does remove that. Right. Um, and Tally says, like, talks about kids not worrying about gaining weight because they know it's all going to get sucked out. Now, yeah. uh, I am very strongly body positive, and mm-hmm. I do, I want to make it very clear on the record, I do abhor the idea of making everybody get an operation to look identical, <laughs> especially when you're very clearly already modifying their brains to be accepting, so why don't you yeah. just modify their brains to be accepting? You you need to you need to make the, but the, the, the being pretty is the, is the thing that makes you submit to the brain operation. Yeah, I know. I just see, I see the being pretty actually more as like bait 
for mm. the for the brain. Like I don't think the being pretty is necessary, but it's the cover mm-hmm. and the bait for the brain operation. But the brain lesions do make people really hate people who aren't pretty. That's very true. Yeah. Like Tally is is much more repulsed by uglies when she's pretty. Yes. Yeah. And um, then repulsed by non-specials when she's special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, but I think you're right. I think you're right that the, mm-hmm. the pretty's opiation uh, is not a word. <laughs> the pretty's operation is is mm-hmm. just kind of dressing to make people submit to the uh, control of special circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other there's a there's a there's a line I think in the first book that I think is really interesting too. That's just a good comment, sort of on on self-esteem mm-hmm. on teenagers especially which is tally i think it's something like tally wondered how much of being ugly was just an awkward age right <laughs> yeah <it's> like, yes <laughs> yeah who doesn't like who yeah. doesn't have moments of feeling like what is my face when you're 14 or 15 yeah. right because you're in this in-between stage and you're also mm-hmm. you're used to seeing yourself as a child and children are beautiful mm-hmm. oh yeah like all children are beautiful well, it's like children are beautiful and most like 20 somethings are like pretty attractive as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like most teenagers go through an extremely awkward phase. Yeah. Because you get like, I think it's like a combination. Like I think teenagers never look as bad as they think they do oh, because they're used to their like beautiful child. I remember mm-hmm. being a teenager. I had this photo of me at like nine <laughs> prepubescent. Mm-hmm. And I would just look at that photo and be like, I was so pretty. Oh. <laughs> Why don't I look like that now? And it's like, because you're not a child anymore. Yeah. Like, you don't look like a child anymore when you're not a child. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 No, I agree. I, I think certainly we see um, in this world people having much less tolerance for any kind of... Um, divergence from the norm Mm -hmm. so like they pick up on every tiny perceived flaw yeah well it's just you yeah you get such a like the the world of the uglies just gave me the like skeevies because their whole all Mm. their nicknames for each other are based on like physical flaws yeah that they find in each other Mm -hmm. and yeah absolutely anyways that that whole thing made me like yeah i do get what you're saying about like it does kind of free them in some ways because you get the sense that they're not doing anything about the fact that right. they don't like the way they look um but it still really feels like the city is like extra making them hate the way they look yeah absolutely um it's like very much um supporting that yeah i was actually showing you the time not just the cute photo on my on my wallpaper um yeah, it's a very cute photo. I was distracted by <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's a very cute photo. Um, the one thing I do want to touch on super quick, if we can do it in like five minutes. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, is I think Tally's City, which I believe is Seattle. I believe canani- canonically it's okay. what used to be Seattle or okay. where Seattle used to be. Or the or the ruins are Seattle. Okay, yeah. Because um, then they go down. I think Diego is pretty clearly San Diego. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Tally's city, we discover later, 
is like one of the strictest cities. Yeah. And I really liked discovering that because as Mm -hmm. soon as I found out there were other cities that were more permissive Mm -hmm. and more open to personal expression. Yeah. And certainly when I read extras, which we didn't read for this episode specifically. Um, but shows a very different world on the other side mm-hmm. of the globe. It's it's located in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also after yeah. specials, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I got the sense that Diego was more receptive to the New Smokies because Diego had always been more receptive. Yes, and but they did still yeah. have lesions. You get right. the idea that the lesions are gone by the time right. you get to extras. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, continue. But I certainly got the sense that it was a community that was historically more receptive yes more flexible yeah absolutely um you do have people grumbling about how far outside the norm they're going which Mm -hmm. to be fair you have people who have decided that they're going to be covered in fur like yeah (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and what i what i love is tally going into that city as a special (laughs) and trying to scare somebody and having him just be like you kids (laughs) and she's like what i thought i was so scary that everybody is scared of me and and then she's like wait everybody just everyone just looks really weird yeah, it's like being the one punk in like i don't know somewhere in in indiana right you're yeah. like the one i don't want to name any towns because i feel like if i do somebody will be like there's punks there so i'm not going to but like you're the one punk in the small town in indiana mm. and you're used to having a certain reaction and then you move to san francisco and and nobody, and gives nobody a fuck. cares yeah. like nobody cares anymore yeah. yeah and i really like that mm-hmm. but it also makes me feel more optimistic about the society as a whole mm-hmm. because like yeah. honestly i do think it would be good to put all people on lockdown for a while <laughs> and 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 like let the planet recover but like planet no more kinda... cutting down trees stop cutting mm-hmm. down trees stop yeah. making plastic stop you mm-hmm. know putting massive amounts of waste and let the planet recover let the planet yeah um but brain control i don't know yeah but then like when you, like i don't know do you feel the same way about mind control when you think about people who disagree with you right like like if there are people who like you see as like the the massively wrong political sociopolitical people. Yeah, I mean I do love the idea of completely eradicating racism and sexism. Right? Like like um, it's alluring. Yeah. There's an attractiveness that isn't there in the capital of the Hunger no. Games, which is very clearly an oligarchy based that oppresses on boundless people. greed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not um, there in the other dystopias that are pretty clearly just like this is bad. authoritarian societies uh, taking advantage of people. Mm-hmm. The environmentalism of this series really makes it very complicated. Yeah, yeah it adds a real dimension. It adds mm-hmm. a, a real kind of, it makes me have an ethical struggle. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly oh, yeah. what dystopia should do, honestly. Yeah, like, it should make you think about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And really kind of dig into it and really explore your own biases. Mm-hmm. Because that's it. I hate the idea of myself being mind-controlled. Yeah. Do I hate the idea of the people who threaten me yeah. being mind-controlled? No, not really. Not really. That doesn't really okay bother me. Okay with that, yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> That's why it's dangerous to have a few people in charge of a large population, right? Because we're going to control everybody to do what we want. Mm -hmm. And like what I want is right and good and just. (laughs) And the world would be better if I was in control. (laughs) There's the rub. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, 
Yeah, this is a good trilogy. If you haven't it really read is. it, you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go home and reread Extras. Yeah, Extras um, is fun and weird. Yeah. I. Um, it was a long time since I read it, but uh, it's the only one of these that I own in hard copy for some reason. It's the one that like seriously questions the existence of aliens and I think possibly never comes to a conclusion oh, about Oh, I really don't remember the plot yeah. of this book. I'm excited. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun. It talks about space travel. Um I just remember the main character has a camera that's like kind of also her pet and it's a little bit yeah. adorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this was um The Uglies trilogy by Scott Westerfeld. Uglies, mm-hmm. Pretties and Specials. Mm-hmm. Um it's I think if you're interested in YA dystopia, you really have to read it. Yeah. Because it's it's one of the big ones that doesn't get as much attention, but it's really It's good. Important and significant, I think. And also just fun. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Not to mention, you get to join the ranks of our fine supporters, Chantal Thomas, Catherine Wench, Kat McGuire, and Lizzie Tenhove. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate and become one of the cool kids. We have merch! Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. The merch sale, there's a merch sale on February 13th and 14th, so... Valentine's merch sale! Take advantage of that. Get your Valentine or be your own Valentine and get yourself something special. I like, I didn't, I didn't write this copy, and I like how you can also read it as hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public for Valentine's Day. <laughs> you can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. I really cannot stress enough how much sharing on social media and mm-hmm. um, giving us reviews really, really helps us. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten a lot of new listeners and a lot of new followers that way. So please mm-hmm. do, if you have a moment, share this episode. Yeah. Um, get, drop us a mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey, Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing, pinkle media, bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, 
gaming, pop culture, and beyond. Filled with super tangents, forgetful flubs, and that awkward kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of high importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? Ha <laughs> ha